We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We talk a lot of sports, and then sometimes I go in another direction, and we're going to talk space flight with Stephen Clark from the website spaceflightnow.com based at Cape Canaveral. And, Stephen, good to visit with you. Thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes tonight. Anytime, Steve. Good evening. Yeah, good to visit with you. And uh, what a week. I I got up early. Uh, I, I admit I'm a space nerd. I uh, set the alarm, got up at about 4.30 Central Time, caught the countdown and the launch of uh, Crew Dragon. This is Crew 2. Uh, that is rendezvoused with the International Space Station, never gets old, especially manned space flight or, or human space flight. It never gets old because um, it, it's dangerous. Um, it, it's the cutting edge of technology and engineering and uh, another another great flight for SpaceX. I mean, they, they, they have got to be very excited about the success they've had so far putting humans into low earth orbit for sure steve and and what a launch i was there uh to witness it in person at at kennedy space center yesterday and it launched about an hour before sunrise and uh the rocket flew right into sunlight as it sort of uh entered the stratosphere and started going downrange to the northeast to uh to start the chase of the space station and it, it, I've seen over 100 launches, and it was probably one of the top five I've ever seen just because of the timing. And uh, the exhaust from the rocket lit up like a like a comet in the sky. And we had people, our, our, our viewers, our, our, our readers were reporting sightings from as far away as uh, New England of the launch as it went up the eastern seaboard. So I just wow. wanted to start off with that. It was It was one for the books, just visually. But yeah, like you said, this is a big, another big mission for SpaceX, and uh, uh, this is their third crew mission since last May. Uh, they did a test flight last May, and this is the first time they've actually done a crew uh, changeover, a crew rotation at the space station. So currently, SpaceX has two crew capsules, two Crew Dragon spacecraft docked at the space station. Uh, that's the first, and it's actually the first time two crew vehicles from the U.S. have been docked of, of any type to the space station. And uh, it's also the first time since the 60s that two U.S. crew vehicles have been in space at the same time, if, if you don't count the space station itself. So 11 people currently on the space station. Uh, the four that went up uh, uh, over the weekend are docked, docked to the space station this morning. will actually replace the four from the Crew-1 mission that launched on SpaceX's crew one mission back in November, and they're coming back to Earth on Wednesday, weather permitting. So a very busy time at the space station. The Russians had a crew change out earlier this month, uh, so it's been a, a, a very busy traffic pattern at the space station. Yeah, and SpaceX is just lapping the field here. Boeing still hasn't done their uncrewed test flight. They, they had one. And they had software problems, and they weren't able to rendezvous with the space station. So, so they're way ahead of Boeing, and, and Boeing is an aerospace giant. It goes without saying. Uh, 
the, their importance in United States history, uh, the aircraft, World War II, uh, and, and particularly in, in the early space program. I mean, they're, they're still a very big player in the space launch system. But, but SpaceX has run circles around Boeing, and, and Boeing has a larger contract than SpaceX. They're, they're delivering. This is the third crew. Exactly, and and the odds are SpaceX will launch two more crews before Boeing even launches their first. Right now, the way the schedules are lining up later right. this year, so um, yeah, they're 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 well behind uh, SpaceX, and you know Boeing, like you mentioned, they have a, a very strong, rich history. They they built um, uh, their predecessor companies that they've acquired over the years built the Apollo command module, built the space shuttle orbiter. Um, but it's been a long time since they developed a spacecraft, and they've encountered lots of delays and lots of trouble doing it. You know, 10 years ago, I think, you know, if you ask someone to bet whether Boeing or SpaceX would launch crew first, I think most people with the knowledge of the industry would have said Boeing by a, by a mile. And, uh, you know, the tables have turned quite drastically. Um, so, yeah, Boeing is still uh, trying to get their Starliner spacecraft flying people uh, they're going to fly another uh, uncrewed mission. You know, every time I talk to you, I feel like I'm talking about it being delayed again. And it's it was supposed to be in April. Now it's going to be probably in September. And wow. um, a few months after that, if that goes well, then maybe uh, crew. You know, uh, if you, you start to ask, you know, what's the point of, of them even doing it? Why does NASA paying them to, to uh, develop the spacecraft? Uh, SpaceX is doing such a great job. And... You know, NASA really views views that views this that we're entering a golden age of human spaceflight. We've heard that a lot uh, down here at Kennedy Space Center this week from NASA officials because there are so many different types of spacecraft in development to carry people into space. Like throughout the history of the American space program, there's only been one at a time, really: a Mercury, Gemini, Apollo shuttle. But now you've got the Crew Dragon flying reliably and regularly to the space station, going to be flying commercial and private astronauts later this year for the first time. Uh, Boeing's capsule in development. You have um, uh, uh, SpaceX building a new human lander to go to the moon for NASA. NASA just awarded SpaceX a contract last week for that. Um, You have NASA's Orion capsule going to the moon with people. Um, and you have players like Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic carrying space tourists, you know, just to the edge of space. It's quite an exciting time, really. And I think NASA really wants a lot of players involved because they want companies competing with one another so the prices go down. Yeah. And SpaceX, uh, that, that other uh, program in development is Starship, and that's down in Texas. Haven't heard a lot about that as of late because – well, they've they've been able to launch prototypes uh, up to what thirty, forty thousand feet. They've had trouble landing and keeping these things intact. Uh, where, where does that program? Because I believe Starship or a version of that will ultimately be what NASA uses to put uh, astronauts back on the moon as part of the Artemis program. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, that was a big uh, 2.9 billion dollar contract that NASA awarded SpaceX uh, about a week ago. Now, I think the last Friday was the day it was awarded, and um, yeah, it'll be a derivative of the Starship that SpaceX has been testing in Texas for the last couple of years, and um, it, it's 
SpaceX is, is developing this rocket, testing it, trying to trying to really perfect the landing uh, uh, the landing system design right now because it's launching successfully in all these test flights, but they can't quite hit the hit the landing. And uh, another one is on the pad right now in Texas. This will be the 15th SN15 serial number 15 of the Starship prototypes. And uh, I think it was supposed to launch last week, but they ran into some delays. And um, it, it actually, it was perhaps because Elon Musk was in Florida last week preparing for this crew launch that, you know, his his focus was on that. So uh, with that successfully launched, I think there's a chance we'll see the next Starship test flight uh, coming up in a few days. Yeah, and based on what SpaceX has been able to do, and, and we should say this, this latest crew mission, Crew 2, which is now at the International Space Station, this was used hardware. Absolutely unheard of. Uh, uh, I believe a refurbished first stage and a refurbished capsule. Exactly. This, this is the first time that SpaceX has uh, launched astronauts on a, on a refurbished capsule on a, with a refurbished first stage booster. Um, but mind you, SpaceX has you know, been, been uh, flying reused boosters for the last four years or so. Uh, and every time they've flown a reflown booster, a free-use booster, it's been successful. That's over, I think, 57 flights now that have, that have flown with a, a reused booster all successfully. Quite a record. And um, but this is you know the first time that they've been doing it with a, with a crew launch was was uh, the launch on Friday morning, and I actually had a chance to ask Elon Musk in a in a press conference after the launch about you know how many times does he think a, a Falcon 9 rocket can be flown, uh, can be reused because a few years ago the the warranty or life expectancy was around 10 missions, and we're coming up on some of the mission the rockets that have flown the most are coming up on flying 10 times. And he mentioned uh, that, you know, especially for their missions where they're launching Starlink, their own their own internal satellites where they don't have a customer to answer to, that they're going to push the limit and, and uh, you know, keep flying these rocket, these Falcon 9 boosters until one breaks because they could use their Starlink missions with this, with the carrying up their own Internet satellites, basically. Uh, those missions are going off the pad every couple of weeks. Those are almost a dime a dozen. And uh, they're going to use those kind of as an experiment to see exactly what the lifespan of one of these rockets is. And that'll feed, again, that data will feed into the Starship program because they'll know what things they need to beef up, what things they can not quite put as much focus on. So it's all part of a kind of a virtuous circle of design and engineering. Yeah, just brilliant. Absolutely uh, amazing to see their success. And uh, I, I hope people... Uh, and I'm a space nerd, always have been, and, and enjoy talking to you, Stephen, and, and other writers who, who follow and uh, had a chance to talk to astronauts over the years. Just fascinating, cutting-edge uh, engineering that, that we're seeing here. It's extraordinary. Speaking of engineering, uh, Ingenuity on Mars, get a quick thought on that before we run out of time. Uh, Perseverance rover on Mars, a little helicopter Ingenuity. Give us a quick update on where that stands right now. Yeah, that was really cool to see uh, last week. Uh, NASA <laughs> flew a helicopter in the atmosphere of Mars. Uh, not science fiction; it's real, uh, and it's a little rotorcraft, rotorcraft about uh, you know the size of uh, well, like uh, the the rotors are about four feet in diameter, and and the uh, body of the fuselage is about the size of a tissue box. Only weighs four pounds, and it actually uh, is the first uh, aircraft to accomplish a, a controlled flight on another planet. 
and uh, it's flown actually twice now, and it'll fly again tomorrow if all goes well. They're kind of ramping up the complexity of these tests and uh, seeing what it's capable of, and it, it seems like this is a new capability that NASA wants to use on future Mars missions and maybe even on other planets that have atmospheres to kind of go along with rovers or even astronauts that go to Mars eventually and kind of scout ahead and, and scout routes and scout places they want to explore, maybe go into rugged or dangerous terrain that they don't want to send people. So this is, you know, brings a whole new dimension to exploration for NASA. Well, Stephen, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. I know it's been a very busy week, and hopefully we can visit again soon. Maybe at some point uh, we'll get a successful Starship uh, launch and landing that we can talk about. That would be exciting. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. There he is, Stephen Clark, spaceflightnow.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.